Welcome to the If You Build It, Will They Learn podcast, a show dedicated to modern learning and development with your hosts, Daniel Mendoza and Scott Babcock. It's podcast day. Welcome to the show. This is If You Build It, Will They Learn. I'm Scott Babcock and I'm here with your co-host, Daniel Mendoza. Daniel, we are back. How are you feeling? Feeling great. Happy to be here. I'm excited. This is a, this is a good one. It's a, it's, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm super excited about this one. We decided to do something out of left field, a little, little different, a little wacky. Um, so we have a very special interview that we want to play first, and then we'll spend some time talking about it. We, we promise it did have some thought into uh, an actual discussion topic for the day, um, but a little something different. So we're going to go ahead and play that interview first, and then we'll talk about it when it's finished. All right, on today's show, we wanted to do something kind of different and a little bit of fun, and I thought, you know, why not interview a couple of fine young gentlemen that live near me? In fact, they live in my house. So I've invited my two boys, Mason and Oliver, to come join me for a quick little interview, and I'm going to give them some questions, and we're just going to kind of talk through some stuff that uh, Daniel and I want to spend a little bit of time on the podcast today. So, boys, why don't you guys say hello to the audience? Hi! <laughs> Lots of excitement and enthusiasm about this uh, recording today, so... Boys, uh, I've given you kind of a task, and we want to ask you a couple quick questions. The first one is, and I think Oliver wants to go first, so we'll let him, is if you were going to throw a party or a big event, and you could get it anywhere you wanted, it doesn't have to be a place, it can be anywhere in your imagination, but ultimately, where would you make your party uh, or your big event? And then I want you to tell me a little bit about it. So what does the place you're going to put your event look like? Um, at Disney World with 44, I mean, 54 roller coasters. 54, a very important distinction. And 41 people. And then when you hit a button, and if anybody else hits any more button, the more people hit the button, the more candy comes down from the sky. Okay, so if you guys, so Oliver would have his party at Disney World with 54 roller coasters. 41 people. That's a really good ratio. You're not going to have to wait in line very long. I like that. And if you push a button, candy comes down from the sky. Have I got all that right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, Mason, same question to you. If you could have any kind of party anywhere you want, anywhere in the world, what would it look like and where would it be? And tell me a little bit about it. It would be on a black stage with red curtains behind it. And there'd be four little discs with P- four PCs. And then you would play with your favorite YouTubers. So you get to pick three of your favorite YouTubers. And then one of the, and then you would get to play with them. And then when you, if you won, you get ice cream. And if you, and if you lose, you have to do a Nerf gun war. And whoever wins that gets ice cream. So lots of ice cream for winning different competitions. Yours is taking place on a just a stage with a black or black stage with a red curtain. But when, but when you, but when you, if you lose, the Nerf gun battle is outside. Oh. But it has, and you're playing Fortnite, not Call of Duty or Warzone or stuff like that. So we're we're playing Nerf gun battle Fortnite outside after so out. Outside is when you play for ice cream if you don't win the main game. Gotcha. So yours is and very you, video game but themed. if you win the first game, you get everybody gets five cones of ice cream. Gotcha. So with there's two five. two scoops on each cone. Wow. Five ice cream cones with two scoops on each one. All right. So, so you've got ice cream. Scoops of ice cream. Candy. We've got that. I like that a lot. 
Uh, so we've got some good ideas there. Um, what do you think, what's the most imaginative thing you could put in there that would make your event really unique? What's something to be super different than anything else? So like Disney World already has roller coasters. What could you do to make them super unusual? Um, I mean, it would just be really fun, but it, I would make it safe, but it would also be really fun. There is the like people controlling when you want to go, you just have to try to catch a ride. Oh, so the, like stopping the roller coaster. Oh, so you have to jump right onto the roller coaster while it's in mid motion. That sounds, that sounds tricky, but uh, he's promised us that he'd make it safe. So I appreciate you're looking out for our safety. Mace, what would be something that could be really unique and unusual about yours? I mean, don't get me wrong. Playing a Fortnite game of Nerf gun battle for ice cream is pretty unusual. And with your favorite YouTubers. And with your favorite YouTubers. You realize that YouTubers do more than just play video games too, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just checking. All right. So what else would be really unusual? Uh, Instead of a black floor, I'd actually do like glass floor with led lights under it there and we then, go and then like every on all the walls would be um would be glass with led lights and then the curtain would be like a mix of colors it'd be like a rainbow color okay so now we're, we're mixing a lot more colors and some cool lights and stuff to make it pop i like that a little oh, bit and i and um i would make like I would I would make like a huge mountain out of cardboard and I would make a bridge but it's made out of glass and and if you lose you have to go on that and if you win you get and you get to play like I like water balloon fight or like you would stand under a bucket and if you hit the target the bucket would fall on you. Gotcha. So the reality is you've got now cardboard mountains and glass bridges and water buckets and water balloon fights and stuff. I see where this is going. We could keep spiraling and spiraling and coming up with all kinds of crazy new ideas. But uh, I wanted to use this as just an opportunity to kick off and talk to the boys, get their ideas on something fun and different. Um, So thank you, boys. I want to say that first and foremost for coming and hanging out with me for a few minutes. Um, Daniel and I are probably going to spend a little bit of time uh, talking about just your ideas and how that works in training and some other areas. But um, why don't we go ahead and say goodbye to everyone and and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to them some other time. Goodbye. Goodbye. I hope I can be on another podcast. All right. We'll, We'll invite you guys back sometime. So thank you boys for your time and we will talk to you in a little while. All right. Well, it was it was a good time to have our kids on. My kids on. Uh, they have been talking about wanting to spend some time on the podcast. They they have aspirations of becoming YouTubers. You may have guessed by uh, my oldest comments. Um, but this really did have a a moment. We wanted to spend some time today thinking about creativity in the learning and development space, and we thought the kids would make a great intro into our conversation and kind of highlight some key things that we think really can help a learning and development team uh, think differently about their content. And I know we mentioned some of the trends and some of the ways people are thinking differently. I think this is just an extension of that. Um, It also aligns really well, uh, shameless plug to the Haylight blogs for the month of March, uh, where we're going to be talking a lot about creativity in learning and development as well. So hopefully you'll check those out. Um, So one of the things that always amazes me. Um, and even as, as Dan and I were listening to the interview and, and commenting, he said it as well is like the, 
kids are amazing in the way they think just the the kind of rambling stream of everything that happens and you heard it with uh oliver trying to like one-up each other and um stepping in going oh yeah i totally forgot about this piece and they add on a little bolt on a little a little note of creativity to their thought and i think that that's a good lesson for all of us as adults we'll talk about why potentially we have some trouble with that um but always think about your inner child don't be afraid to let them play a little bit and have a good time and think about that what we're doing in the learning and development space. Uh, it can be fun. It doesn't have to be just for the purpose of accomplishing a task or um, checking off a box on a list. But like, there's no reason learning shouldn't be fun, in my opinion. And a lot of that comes from just thinking differently and maybe with a different mindset. Uh, and possibly just think about your younger self and what you would have dreamed up in a world where you didn't have a lot of limits. Yeah, I... I use this example all the time with, with, uh, with Oakley, obviously she's only one, she's only one years old now, but, uh, she, she's always just looking like she's having such a great time and the things that she does and, and she hops into her ball pit. And I think it, it goes back to just the simplicity of it and, um, the simplicity of creating your own kind of unique, fun experience, uh, with what you have. Um, and my positivity point, we'll touch on that. Um, later today, but I think, I think <laughs> Scott Mason and Oliver were, were, were so funny. Um, and I enjoyed it so much because you, you, you got exactly what they were thinking about in that very moment and they weren't afraid to say it. And I think that so much of where our imagination, um, sometimes and our creativity can be, um, capped is by, from fear and, um, fear to be adventurous, fear to take chances, um, fear to reach out and, and voice your opinion to people in the room who maybe, um, won't enjoy it. Um, and I don't want to go down a marketing rabbit hole, but I might end up there at some point today. Um, but I just, it's so refreshing almost to, to hear the way, um, Mason and Oliver chatted about where they would throw their party. Um, and you know, I, listen. I would go to that part. I would go to. I would go to Oliver's party. Fifty-four roller coasters, uh, forty-one people. I'd be whatever roller coaster I want. What it'd be fantastic. Yeah, your wait times would be amazing. And you know, you probably, I'm guessing, experienced a little bit of this uh, now that you've experienced a Christmas with Oakley and um, and anyone who's had kids or been around kids has probably at least heard someone reference. Uh, that you'll help you'll hold a big event, whether it's a birthday party or Christmas or whatever, right? And kids get a bunch of gifts, and the only thing they want to play with is the box. Um, yeah. And it's true, like kids love a box. And as we get older, we think of them as things you've got to recycle or get to the dump or you know put out with the, you know, break them down to get them into the trash bin or whatever it is you do with your box. Um, but it, it's it's cardboard. It's it's just a thing that holds other things. But to a kid, a box isn't a box. It's a spaceship or it's a house or it's a car or it's a teleportation device or uh, my kids the other day, like they're really big on like, um, not really hide and seek, but more like spy games, I guess. And so they try to think of like the creative way to like sneak up on each other. And literally the other day they were using a box the same way you would see in a cartoon where they hide underneath a trash can, but the trash can moves a little bit and then it stops and then it moves a little bit and it stops. And they were doing the same thing. But again, it, to them, it was like a cloaking device. I think it made them invisible as long as they weren't moving. And kids think that way. Like it's, But at some point, as adults, we, we slowly fall out of that kind of fun play, for a lot of us at least. And we stop thinking about it as an opportunity or a potential uh, creative moment. And we start seeing it as just the cardboard box. And so I think 
even for kids that are that way uh, all the time, like uh, Oliver regularly grabs random household items, uh, pens or a spatula or a Band-Aid box that's empty or whatever. And he turns it into a walkie-talkie or a magic wand or whatever. Like just the creativity of taking what are normally everyday things and turning them into the extraordinary. I think that's the joy and the beauty of what kids do. And honestly, some of my like moments where I just need to get my head thinking differently. I've been doing this with my kids for a long time. When I have a business need that I need to address and I'm just up against a wall, not not quite coming to terms with how I, how it should be. A lot of times I ask them what they would do in a similar type situation. Not that they're going to give me the answer that's going to drive uh, great revenue going forward, but they at least make my head think in a different way. I start contemplating, well, yeah, what if I didn't do it that way? Or what if I really took this idea of a roller coaster and instead of a roller coaster, I turn it into something else. But a lot of times they're a great source of inspiration for me in that world where I just start thinking differently. And I, I appreciate that about kids all the time. Yeah, it really is something to admire. And I think it's it's a lesson learned. I think that um, we live in a world, and you mentioned YouTubers and, and how your kids want to be them. Um, I think, I feel like every 10-year-old, or, or I know your kids are younger than that, but that's how they feel right now. But if you look back at um, a lot of people who, who have made careers out of um, Vine, if you look back, you know, um, even Facebook, but Instagram, you know, influencers is something that's positive now, YouTubers and now TikTok. Um, the ones who have been able to be successful are the ones who just go out and like do it and say it with no fear, which obviously there's downsides to that too, but, um, and they put it out there and they can you know, they become viral or whatever that may be. Um, and the ones, and there are people who are afraid to press submit on that blog post or uh, upload on that video or whatever that is. And I feel like that relates to, to business so much of sitting in a sitting in a room of all your peers and, and where you're, you know, having an ideation session and people aren't, aren't interested in voicing their opinion because they're afraid what people are going to think. And, and I think that there's, and what's the term it's got uh there's no there's no success in your comfort zone there's no comfort in your successes or something like that or growth I think no growth in the growth comfort zone. zone and no comfort in the growth zone yep yeah i think um that applies here and i think it goes back to the way you know that that uh, inner child and that imagination i think we can even tie it back we did it on a mailbag episode um where I, someone asked you know what what was the hardest part about starting a podcast or whatever and or how to what are the tips and tricks to getting going and truthfully it was just saying like all right cool we're recording today and we're going to put it out there in the world and see how it goes like the hardest part is just getting started sometimes and you know you have to be willing to take that leap um and whether or not we're going to be tremendously successful superstars i don't know that daniel and i ever will but we're still enjoying it and we're having a good time and we get to push the limits on thinking a little differently for ourselves and having a conversation around it which is kind of the whole point of what we're doing here yeah, I would, I would say, just to end on, on this before we can progress, I would say that we, I've had a dozen, two dozen, maybe more conversations with current clients, potential clients, or people, uh, industry peers because of this podcast, and it's allowed me to, to think differently um, because of those conversations and, and hearing you challenge uh, my ideas, but us speak freely relates back to that, that imagination and, and um, that has allowed it to be successful. So yeah. Uh, went on a little bit of a tangent there, but I think it all fits into kind of what's next. Kids obviously give us a great perspective on creativity and, and play and 
innovative thinking in a lot of ways. But when we think about the learning and development space, and which is really why we're we're holding this podcast, and hopefully you, you bared with us through the fun conversation that that opened up the uh, the the session today. What is it when it comes to an adult that potentially potentially makes them think less creatively or where do you find limits? And that that's one of the things I think we can talk about when we talk about adult learning, when we talk about um, even just the creativity in the business space and being innovative thinking and, and brainstorming. Um, what are some of those notions? That's what we want to talk about that create those barriers for adults um, as we get older. Why, why don't we just turn the cardboard box into the spaceship and fly off and do the Kessel run in, in 12 point, whatever parsecs, um, you know, that's the reality of, of, of being an adult is sometimes we, we don't think that way anymore. And where does that come from? So I want to explore that a little bit and talk about ways we can start to overcome some of those notions or things as learning and development, uh, professionals that we need to think about as we talk about those, uh, components. Um, the first thing is, and look, it's, it's experience. That's really the where I think we can start. And Daniel mentioned one, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more with fear, but um, experience drives our reality. And so often, um, what you believe to be true um, through experiences you've had will, will potentially limit the way you're willing to think about something going forward. So you get stuck in a little bit of a, of a notion that things can't be different than they are. But the reality is, the world's ever changing and we'll, we'll spend more time on the technology side of how this comes to life, but we need to open up our minds to the reality that just because it has always been, doesn't mean it will always be uh, in that, in that notion. Yeah. I think, I think on that note as well, it's, it's, it's a combined kind of misperception of, of the, of your audience. And I think that's, that comes from experience. I, I love the, the concept that, that, uh, creative is subjective and um we've we've done this you know we've had we've had projects and things that we do internally at Haylight that have um that we thought from our experience was we're going to be have major impact and and you know be, go over super well and then we they kind of like land softly right um and then you progress and you put things out that maybe you're okay with, or you're not hundred percent on when you put it out there and, and the, the reception is just fantastic. And you're just like, huh? And it, it comes down to the fact that, you know, in your experience, you, nobody can predict anything. And, and I think that it, it is subjective to, to who your audience is. And, and you, you come to dig deeper and learn who your audience is as you kind of open your mind to that creativity. And from the L and D side of things, if you if you sort of embrace the notion that people have these these experience moments that have taught them something, and right or wrong, uh, that preconceived notion that they've they've kind of baked into their brain as, as something I now know, you have to start to overcome some of those in the the learning or the education space you're going to play into, and know that that exists. With kids, they're typically a blank slate, especially as they're growing through sort of the primary elementary system where they don't have a lot of those pre-taught or pre-experienced notions that have to be overcome, you can start kind of from scratch and build. Whereas an adult, you might have to even break down some stuff. I'll give you a really great example. It still blows my mind. Um, and I'm sure the internet is full of a thousand of these if you need more examples. But um, I was taking a physics class in in college uh, and just an introductory level one. And there was a, a class that we were going through and he, the, the professor said, there's no such thing as centrifugal force. Now I, for the better part of 20 years was under the impression 
that when I had a string with a tennis ball on the end of it and I swung it around, there was a force that made the ball go in a circle. I think most of us have always believed that to be true. And it turns out there isn't. There is a force that makes the ball go out and forward, but never around. We spent two days having him go through and show us repeatedly that it isn't the ball moving in a circle. It's the string pulling on the ball, which is the result of the ball going out and then the ball going forward, but being tied back in because of that outward force literally still makes my head hurt. But it was something I had to unlearn so that I could relearn it the right way. And I think that's really important when we talk about adult learning is you might have to break down some things that people might hold somewhat dear in order to make them relearn something or change their perspective. Um, and that comes with some, some change management that we've talked about in the past and how we address that. You lost me there with the science talk for a second. So that happens. But I've, I came back around and I think I know where you're, I think where you're, I know where you're going. Um, no, it's, it's change management is an interesting um, part of it, but I think it goes back to that culture of learning and, and, your, your corporate environment that, that we've talked about before. Um, the ability to have imagination, the ability to ask questions um, that maybe won't be perceived well. I think if you can have an open environment where you can uh, be be honest and, and, and have your opinion out there, I think that um, that creates an, an, a simpler environment for that change um, and a simpler environment for people to feel comfortable uh, to voice their opinions and and receive feedback on them. So let's uh, let, let's dive in a little bit to, you mentioned fear, right? The fear of um, many things, I'm sure, that also sway the way an adult thinks. And that really becomes an important part of limiting creativity as well, right? The fear of maybe it's getting rejected, having your idea not be um, received well by the, the greater audience. Maybe it's um, the fear of responsibility. Maybe it's you're concerned that your idea is going to force you to have a whole lot of new job responsibility that you weren't planning for um, being laughed at or ridiculed. Like that's the reality. I think even as adults, you're, you're always concerned that you're going to be seen as uh, less than because of an idea. And that's a tough one. I think for a lot of, for everyone to, to think about how do we overcome that? Um, any thoughts there, Daniel, and just in terms of from a learning and development side, like what are good ways to start thinking about, fear and how we maybe make that a safe space for people. I don't know if this is the best advice for everyone, but I'll, I'm going to speak from personal um, experience going back to where we started. Um, the reality that 99% of stuff that occurs in your day to day doesn't actually matter is a huge re relief and ability to take chances. So I'm going to, I'm going to peel back the onion on that a little bit because people are like, wait, everything matters. And this is a conversation that I had with Sabrina when she joined Haylight and with, with others, right? The conversation of that, like, yeah, as long as your intent is good, something you say or something you do really isn't going to have that negative effect that, that, that can't be changed. Or um, if you put that out there, you know, their feedback, you have to be able to understand that like their feedback is good and you need to not have any sort of regrets about it, even if it's poor feedback or negative feedback or constructive criticism. Um, just doing with no, I guess, um, assumption or ex expectation of what's going to come in your, um, 
come in return. I think just 99% of stuff doesn't matter. And if something goes wrong, you can fix it. And, and if it, it's something's not received well, okay. We talked about it when we talked about KPIs and objectives. Um, you put something out. If you, if you don't put something out there in the fear that you're not going to hit your KPI or you're not going to hit your objective because you have a fear of that, um, the reality is, is, is that as long as you have created the right scenario and the right situation, that, that, that failure or that loss in that situation doesn't technically matter because you can progress forward and, and grow from it. So I think that's, that's where I start is just in the grand scheme of things, 99% of what occurs on a day to day doesn't actually matter and it can be resolved. It can be improved on and you can grow from it. Yeah, I think from a learning and development standpoint, one of the things that I would encourage is we, we've talked about it on other episodes and Daniel alluded to it on the KPIs and, and uh, measurement component is treat opportunities. Uh, we won't even call them failures or misses, but treat those opportunities as growth moments. Um, it's okay to get something wrong or it's okay to not pass the quiz as long as you're being supported to then go out and get the information and come back and, and relearn or keep learning to get better at something. Uh, if you miss the mark, what could you revamp? What can you recreate? Especially as we're talking about creativity and thinking differently, like what is the way you can readdress that moment and make it better for the next time? Um, so if you're treating those as opportunities to get better, to be stronger, um, those are great opportunities as a learner. And then from an L&D perspective, are you creating an environment that it enables that or allows for that to be something that happens with support and um, guidance and direction where as a learner, if I do fall down, someone's going to help me get back up and help me try again and not feel discouraged. Um, you'll, you'll hear the reference, I think in the L&D space, a lot of the carrot and the stick. Are you giving more incentives to try, try, try again to get it right? Or are you giving the stick saying, hey, you fell down and now I'm going to hold you accountable. And that's, and now that's where you're, you're instilling fear into your system and your culture. If everything is about, oh my gosh, I can't fail because I'm going to have my manager, you know, ridicule me or yell at me or hold me accountable or performance manage me all the time. If that's your, your, your starting point is that your culture is, is, is speaking that way, you're likely going to have learners who are already fearful of the way they might fail and thus don't take the chances to, to grow and try to be better. So as we, as we keep having this conversation around creativity, I want to bring it back to where we started the conversation with uh, listening to the boys talk about the possible. And I think that is that should be the landing message. I know we talked a little bit about fostering uh, and, and developing a culture that isn't about accountability and, and it supporting folks uh, through their fears and through their ability to, to try new things. And I want that to be really the message that lands out of this. Listening to the boys talk about what's possible in their world, um, I think is a great way to approach um, your learning and development space, your content, your culture. Um, enjoy having really fun dialogue around why not uh, in a lot of ways, I think is a great way to kind of phrase that. Encourage your people to think differently, try new things and really explore because uh, you may you never know what could come out of some of those. And I think that's just a great lesson from watching kids uh, try the same exercise. Yeah, I think, Scott, you're around, you're on the basketball court. And obviously, you have two young boys, you're around the baseball diamond a lot with kids. Uh, I've coached, you know, I've coached myself a lot. And 
Um, and I have a lot of close friends who are teachers. I think, I think the imagination of kids is refreshing and, um, there is just so much we can learn from our kids and, and not so different than what we've learned through the past 12 months during this pandemic is they're resilient, they're creative, uh, they're innovative. They, they can, they know how to approach situations differently with an open mind and, and, and find success. And I think that is a lesson that can, should be carried all the way through life. And, and I think that if you, I'm going to, I'm going to go down a weird path now, Scott, I think if you walk into a room at, at the company you work at and you are afraid to voice your opinion, you may need to want to overthink if this is, if that's the right culture, or how can you affect it positively? Because if you're working on an L and D team and you're nervous about being able to recommend cool new ideas or innovative thoughts, I'm not so sure what the learning culture or the culture is like for you to be successful um, in that role. So I didn't didn't think I was going to end up there, but I did. Um, so I think, but I don't think that's a bad notion. And it's not to say you need to go quit your job and, and yeah. go find another company. But I think you, you you mentioned it in there is what needs to change and how do you have that conversation with folks, but realize that it can all come from the best possible place. Uh, that you're trying to make something better. And that that hopefully is something that can resonate with your leader or your peers or whoever it is you're talking about, that you're looking to change in a positive manner. And if anything has come out of the last 12 months for adults, right? I don't think kids have had to think differently because they always were thinking that way. But as adults, we've been forced to say, holy cow, nothing works the way we thought it did. Uh, how do we get innovative? How do we get creative? How do we think differently and kind of put some of our norms aside uh, and say, we've got to try some stuff that isn't what we've always done. And I think while that was forced upon us, it's probably taught most of us to embrace that way of thinking a little bit more than we ever have in the past. And I think you're going to find more people receptive to that dialogue to say, I have an idea. I think it could be really helpful to us. I want to change something about the way we do it because either it's inefficient or it's scary or it's... Um, inappropriate or whatever. There could be a whole lot of things that just historically have been built up to be more status quo. And you can start to say, I want to change some of those norms. And I think more people are going to be receptive to that thinking now than they ever have before, because we've proven a lot of those stereotypes about work and business and uh, time management and all of these things that aren't really required of us, even though we maybe thought they were in the past. So, just to wrap up statement here, Scott, think outside the box, take chances, get messy, make mistakes. Miss Frizzle for the magic school bus taught us that. Right? Wow. We're going, we're going deep into our library of, uh, I'm just of saying, references now. I'm just, I'm just saying it's, it's a uh, think like, think like your kids. It's, it's, it's use your imagination, have fun uh, with your day to day. It makes everything a lot refreshing and, and a lot more refreshing and, and who knows what sort of success you'll find on the other side. And with that's a great tie-in to our last moment. Uh, we always bring a positivity point to the end of the show, and I think uh, I'm, I'm I want us to embrace uh, our inner child and and some fun and some creativity and some positivity in our life. Uh, and I think kids often bring that to us as well. And I don't know exactly where Daniel's going to go, but I know where I'm headed. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make the nice leap. Uh, Tennessee got a ridiculous amount of snow for Tennessee. Now, not as much as Windsor got. I already know Daniel's gonna. Uh, one up my measurement count here on my snowfall, but uh, we got about three ish to maybe four inches of snow here, which for us is quite a bit. 
Um, and my kids uh, just went back to school for the first time today. Uh, and that in and of itself is a small positivity point uh, after six days off uh, for three inches of snow, which seems a bit ridiculous. But here we are. Um, yesterday was almost 55 degrees here. Uh, but what it allows us allowed us to do during that six days was play and be kids. Uh, we were sledding in our backyard. We had snowball fights. The kids got to build snowmen. And while it wasn't as impressive as it would have been in Minnesota, where I think at last count there were two or three feet of snow with some of the folks I was talking to in their driveways, uh, the kids were just giddy about it. And they had so much fun. And, you know, they were layered up. And they were inside, outside, drinking hot cocoa. And it was a fun week watching them play. And more importantly, getting to go out and play with them. I think that was a lot of fun for us. Um, and now the snow's gone and we'll, we'll enjoy going back into warmer weather and spring and baseball starts here in a week. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was a good week of just play for us. And that was fun. Positivity points all about the snow this week. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely unleashed my inner child that I'm going to, I'm going to make a confession. I think that I've had a lot of milestones in my life. A lot of them that were, have been great. I I'm going to say that I think Saturday it was the most re- rewarding day of my entire life to this point. It's a pretty, it's a pretty bold statement. When I said it, my wife, Hillary laughed at me, but you know, we had, we got about a foot of snow in Windsor, which is a lot for Windsor, um, and a single snowfall and the wind was pretty bad last week. So the drifts were huge. Um, and I had about two to three feet of snow across my entire front yard. So what I decided to do was, and and once again, Oakley's only one. So the amount of space I needed was not huge. I basically made, I called it a snow maze, um, but it turned out to be more like a bobsled track um, and had a little hill to start. And Oakley's pretty adventurous and she likes to get flipped around and thrown around and all this stuff. Um, and she, you know, she jumps on the couch and stuff. Um, but we basically made a, a bobsled track with a hill that went into it. Um, and, uh, you know, she basically maxed, maxed out her time that a one-year-old could spend outside in the snow before they're just completely miserable. And then the next day went out on Sunday. So we had two stints on Saturday, went out on Sunday. And then I was cleaning the garage Sunday night and Hillary brought her out to the doorway and she was pointing at her sled and going like, bah, 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 bah. So she wanted to go sled. So it was pretty fun. I honestly, like I said, it's going to be something that Oakley won't remember, but you know, 10 years from now, I'm going to remember this, this moment. And I was just in full dad mode Um, in a year of, in a year of the pandemic where I wasn't able to be in full dad mode all the time because I was locked in a house. I was out there with a shovel Saturday, digging out a blob bobsled track in my front yard. So. And the videos are amazing. So yeah, she very clearly had a great time and uh, dad, dad appeared to be having a pretty good time too. So uh, it's a great way to spend it. I'm glad we both got chances to uh, do a little bit of fun stuff with our kids and, you know, enjoy the cold snowy weather, which is maybe not everyone's favorite, but uh, yeah, it was a good time. And bringing out our inner kid, which was the whole point of this episode is, is embrace that inner child moment and really uh, get creative, Uh, do something fun with, with your time and your thoughts and your energy. Um, but that will do it for us today. Hopefully you've enjoyed the show. I'm Scott Babcock. He's Daniel Mendoza. And we will talk to you next week. Have a Thank good one, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of the If You Build It, Will They Learn podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Join the conversation by emailing us at podcast at haylight.com. Find us on social media at Build It, Learn It. And be sure to check us out on the web at www.haylight.com. That's
That's H-A-L-I-G-H-T dot com.